Welcome to the Ralph Shaheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil. How's Knoxville doing today? Welcome to the Knoxville Nationals, the 59th running of this famed sprint car event. And we thought if we're going to bring the Ralph Shaheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil, out to the fans live for the first time, there's nowhere else to do it but Knoxville, right? I love this place. I've had the opportunity to call this race many times, and it uh, it means a lot to me to come to Knoxville each and every year for all of us at Speed Sport and Sprint Car Midget to be a part of the great Knoxville Nationals. So if we're gonna do this show from Knoxville, there's nobody else you can have on this show to kick it off live for the first time here in Knoxville than the two greatest sprint car racers on the planet, Steve Kinzer and Sammy Swindell. I, I was kind of joking with the audience before you got, oh, by the way, you should know, he said he ran over here and you took limo. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm a little slower than he is. He's You're a little slower. <laughs> You know, I was joking. Uh, oh, you, you, did you, you didn't miss the elbow out coming up. Oh, I saw it. I saw it, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first or the last, yeah, would yeah. it? Well, I don't, it's the last one so far. So far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, uh, as I was getting up here and, and talking to the crowd before we got started, I, I told them might be some snow here later tonight. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, have you two ever been in an interview together like this before? Oh, I'm sure we have. Not been a whole lot. We've, we've been entertaining before. I oh, yeah, that. you've done that. <laughs> you, that's why they're all standing out here. You know, you know we're, we're having racing. It's great to you know, have rivals. And Sammy made that pretty easy, so it was, it was, all, it was all right. <laughs> Somebody had to keep him honest. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking about you guys were a part of the Outlaws basically from the birth of the series. And I know back then with Ted Johnson, there were times you guys had to actually ride in Ted's old station wagon together, traveling down the highway, maybe going to a radio interview or something. How fun was that after a tough night of racing? That was a lot better than riding on the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ted, he keep both of us busy to start. Uh, you know, when we first started out, he... It was, uh, you know, to get, to get it built up stuff, you'd get, have to be there a day or two early once in a while and go to the TV show and do some spot, sports spots and the radio shows. And, and the Water Ballots took off, and like I said, uh, we and Sammy had a lot of great races and a few arguments and a few really? little bit of everything. But, oh, uh, I think we, we might have missed some of that. <laughs> uh, a, as, a lot of lunches. A lot of lunches. <laughs> <laughs> as you um, look at the birth of the Outlaws to where it is now in sprint car racing in general, are you happy with the way it's gone? Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's still got a good audience. I mean, look at uh, look here at uh, Knoxville, how much uh, that's changed over the years and uh, the spectators. And you know, I remember coming back uh, here with a young kid, and about everybody was in the barns, the race cars and stuff. And it was uh, a lot of things built since then. How about you, Sammy? What do you think? Yeah, we first got here just some wood stands, and I think the the skate pit was the biggest building in town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where did your uh, competitive spirit come from, Sammy? Uh, I don't know. Probably my dad or my granddad. My granddad didn't race, but he was pretty competitive. He was a pretty good boxer. So. Um, I see you picked up a few of his skills over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was a carpenter, and I had to work during the summer, but he, he, he made me learn how to use a hammer with both hands. Uh, huh. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I just did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where'd, where'd your competitive... I know you were a you know, big-time wrestler and all that. Is that what fueled your competitive spirit, or was it something else? Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of things that fueled it. Uh, you know, of course, I was always competitive uh, growing up, especially with, a, with, a, with, a, with wrestling and... and all the working out we did, and and this one-on-one competitiveness it was uh, it was uh, I thought it was a great sport and it fit in with sprint car racing really well. And uh, I don't know, you don't know you when you you, when you Sammy's got the same thing, you know. When we go out there, you know, you, 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 the will to win is uh, I don't know the, as much as the will to win is the fear to lose. You know, when it's, so you're out there and uh, I just. Uh, this, uh, that's what makes some of like guys like Sammy and myself, I think, sort of uh, stand out a little bit. Just uh, just want to win so bad. That's it. You talk about the fear to lose. Now, you both came up through 
hard times. And you got out of those times and those situations by becoming legendary sprint car racers. That was your path to success and greatness in life. Um, was that fear to lose, fear of losing to him or somebody else, or is it a fear of, I'm just not going to make money tonight? Oh, no. Well, you know, you still, you, you always race for the glory. I, at least I thought I did, but not that I did enjoy making, making a living do it. I, I never, uh, when I, you know, when I first started racing, I, I sort of wanted, just wanted, wanted to have a chance to be a weekend racer and probably get me a job and, because I'd watch my father grow up and race and, and things and, and then I, you know, I didn't know I'd uh, ever had the chance to start traveling around, uh, uh, you know, for me and Carl and Elrod, when we, you know, drive, take off, go to Texas, Ascot first time and different places and uh, come in with an open trailer and beat some of the best cars there is across the United States. It was, uh, it was something that uh, sort of caught, well, I knew how fast uh, all the equipment Carl had and stuff, but uh, it was it was it was good times. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot different. You know, you had three tire companies competing against everybody and everything else. So, it was, racing was a little different. Sammy, I'm sure the fear of losing was big for you as well. How did that play into your passion and drive? Well, that was, you know, I, I didn't want to come, didn't want to come if I didn't feel like I had a chance to win, or, or you know, and that was the whole deal. Is uh, uh, Every time you hit the track, you want to try to do, you know, you did the best best I could do. And, and uh, you know, and always we worked at, you know, it was always, you know, trying to figure out different ways to go a little quicker, a little, a little better. And, and um, just, just, you know, that, that's all I wanted to do. So I put my heart and soul into it. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to have somebody there to, you know, to go off against and, and um, made this what what we are. You, you mentioned your dad and obviously your dad, Bob, Sam and, and Bob. Uh, they were both racers and very talented racers. What did Bob tell you uh, when you were beginning as a racer? What, what did he pass on to you that maybe shaped you as a racer? Well, I think he, I think the telling me wasn't a whole lot. Just uh, I think what I when you when you watch a guy race as long as I did growing up, I mean you you, you learned his style of racing, what he was doing, and and you just learn a lot by watching. Uh, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's sort of amazing to watch a watch somebody that you got so much respect for do have success, and and you know, and it, I didn't know if I was ever even going to get in a race car, like I said. So, but uh, we finally got started, and it was. Uh, it's something I made a good living doing and enjoyed it. How about you, Sammy? Did your dad ever pass any advice on to you? Well, I mean, you know, the first thing he told me when I started driving, he said, you know, just always watch, you know, look down at the other end. Don't look down there at the front tires. Look at the other end because you're going to, you'll be there a lot sooner if you catch the front tires. Yeah. <laughs> How about your kids? Obviously, Kevin had a great career. Mark's out here. What, what did you guys pass on to your boys? Anything? Uh, you know, there was a lot of things, you know, that, that I could, you know, tell him about different things. And I mean, when he, when he was younger and in the go-karts and, uh, uh, we were running some of the bigger races and, and did a lot of the pavement stuff. And it was, you know, you tell him something like, well, if you do this or do this, you know, and then he goes out and does it, you know, and, uh, it was pretty cool, you know, so, um, you know, I was preaching and he was listening. Yeah. How about on your end? Well, you know, uh, I, Craig, I, I think Dad worked with, with Craig uh, when he first started racing. I was still on the road, and he, I, you know, and he started running as many sprints and go go karts and things like that. So, uh, and I think Dad probably uh, probably helped him as much as anybody get started and stuff because he was Craig, uh, he was a little late racing and stuff. But uh, I mean, it's still uh, still it was a good feeling to watch him win this race right here in, in one of my race cars and stuff. It's a, it was a great day for both of us. Yeah, that was uh, the day. It had rained the night before. I had to come back in the day race and take care of it the next afternoon. Uh, as you look back at Knoxville itself, Sammy, what does this venue signify for you? Uh, it's the biggest sprint car race, you know, of the year. And uh, been here a lot of times and been close quite a few and got the chance to win one. You know, I kind of feel like the Dale Earnhardt of uh, Knoxville, maybe. 
<laughs> or maybe the Lloyd Ruby of Indy. Lloyd Ruby of Indy, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of seconds and thirds and just been close a bunch. But, I mean, it's um, – you just can't believe what it was like coming up here for the very first time, what it looked like and how it was and how it felt. And it's like this is the biggest track I've ever been on in my life. And, uh, you know, and, and, and where it is now, it's just so much different that I don't think people could really understand, you know, unless – you know, you'd have to go back and look at the pictures how much difference it was. Yeah. It, it, but uh, it was still fun. Uh, it was different. You know, we first came up here, I think we, they were running without the wings. We did that for quite a while. So I uh, was able to win some races, you know, both ways. So uh, it's, you know, everything's evolved, you know, with, with the racing and the cars and everything. And, you know, this racetrack has really evolved. And, uh uh, have, you know, when I first come out here, I mean, this many people might have showed up for the whole whole race, but you know, now there's just like so many here. It's just hard to believe. Steve, obviously, this place helped build your reputation and your legend as well. Uh, what are your thoughts of Knoxville when you reminisce about it? Well, I, you know, I always enjoyed Knoxville. It's, it's, it's a track because I always liked all the. I always really liked running on the bigger tracks I, I, but I enjoyed the short tracks too but you know, we've lost so many of our half mile tracks uh, because you know a lot of for the local racers and stuff the 3 8 mile track just seems to fit better for the, everybody's program and, and things like that so but Doc, uh, Knoxville was always a fun special place and you know, we was fortunate to have a, a lot of good luck here when did you know he was the guy you were going to have to worry about the most was oh, there a moment yeah, pretty early in the career, it was, it was, I mean, it was pretty started pretty well. Uh, Sammy, I started probably a little more racing, a little younger than I did. I was a little, I was almost 20 before I got started. Uh, so he would already had a few years on me, and he, you knew, you know, you know who, you know who's. I don't got to watch him race a little bit before I even got started, so I knew what was going on a little bit. How about you, Sammy? When did you think, uh-oh, here's a guy I'm gonna have to deal with? Yeah, it started out right away. <laughs> Night number one? Yeah, I think he showed up in the limo that day, too. Did he really? Did he give you an elbow? Um, yeah, I want to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> How much did it mean, not to just win the big races and, and collect the big checks, but to know not only you won, but the other guy was second? Uh, yeah, I think I did that at Bloomington a few times, and uh, he he won down in West Memphis a few times. So that was that was a little hard to take. <laughs> I'm sure it was for him too. <laughs> uh, we was going to put a stop to him. We was going to have a deal with people to offer a blood group over there and stuff. Get him put out, but okay, now we have a good friend. He said, "You want me to get that thing stopped?" I said, "No, you better let him show what I'm." <laughs> Did you guys play any practical jokes on each other at all? I mean, uh, I, 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 there wasn't any, too many practical jokes. No? no? It, was, it was pretty well all business between me and Sammy. All business? <laughs> so, you know, I think we're all pretty thrilled that you two are up here having a pretty good time with this here today. At what point in time did it kind of start to ease some of that competitiveness between the two of you? Was it as soon as he retired? Uh, I don't know if it ever eased. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it's funny, you know, and I mean, his last race was uh, Lebanon Valley. And, uh, you know, I was up there for the dash draw. I think he was up there. And, and so he did him last. I didn't, you know, so I was like, I was walking back and you couldn't hear it. And, and uh, it's kind of ironic, you know, but uh, I won the last race he ran, you know, but I didn't. I, I didn't even know it till after, you know, so after the race, we were back, and they said, oh, well, you know, Steve, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, you know. Yeah. I might have gave him a pat on the back there. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say, got him one more time? One more time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, when it feels right, you do it. How about for you, Steve, is it ever, is it What's cooled that? off at all? Oh, it's got a cool option, especially when you quit racing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not out there doing that. I, you know, I put my 35, 40 years in racing, was happy with what I did. 
Uh, and I was, but I was ready. To, I was ready to, you know, I was ready. I, actually, I wouldn't run them two races, but I'd already made a deal to go out there <laughs> back in the winter time. So I was when I had committed to it. Uh, uh, I think I think that's when uh, uh, I actually was going to make an all star race, and I already committed to go do that because it'd always been a world of outlaw race out there. So uh, we ran those two races, and and uh, it's 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 been a lot of fun. Sit up. I've, I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed being at home and. Uh, doing some different things, and of course, more, you're always going to miss racing it. But if I had to, if I had to live my life over again, I'd do the same thing again. Well, we got a lot more to go with Steve and Sammy, so stay with us. We'll be right back for more of the Ralph Shaheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment is a multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant from the labs at Lucas Oil Products. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It also cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system, from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and helps increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Hey, Sprint Car fans, it's Ralph Shaheen, and like you, I love Sprint Car Racing. For the best coverage of Sprint Cars, Midgets, and more, there's no better way to keep up on our favorite sport than having a subscription to Sprint Car and Midget Magazine. Don't miss out. Sign up now at SprintCarAndMidget.com. Welcome back to the Ralph Shaheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil here at Knoxville Raceway. How's everybody doing out there today? We are ready for the Knoxville Nationals, the 59th edition. Don't forget, Lucas Oil, track-proven, race-ready. Find a Lucas Oil retailer at lucasoil.com. We're excited this year. It's the 85th anniversary of Speedsport. Make sure you get a subscription to Speedsport at speedsport.com. Get your copy of the 85th anniversary issue. Speaking of Speedsport, what, what did it mean to you over the years? Uh, that's where I went to look to see where the big paying races were. <laughs> Set your schedule? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd run in to catch it there, and it's, oh, there's a race over there, and it's like, oh, well, let's see if we can get over to that one. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's the way it started before... You know the outlaw thing came and different things is um, you know it's word of mouth or, or or speed sport news. You get the paper and it's like, well, there it is. How about for you, Steve? What does speed sport uh, mean to you? Yeah, in your I career? mean I had a speed sport in my hand every week. I was a kid, and I, of course I wanted. I knew what had happened with with my dad the weekend before, but I still wanted to read about it. I wanted yeah. to come back out, so I and I, I'm a, I mean I was I was a race fan, race crazy, so it, I probably read more speed sports and I did a lot of things I did in school so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just uh, it's always it was always you know it was always uh, you know it was always great and, and of course Chris did a great job with it and getting it started and, and been, been, been there that many years to get it was and here you've took it over and still right still right there and still, still doing it yeah still doing it. and they both have been on the cover so there you go um, as you two were racing I'm sure there was a lot of things that you never would have said to him in a positive light. But as you were going down the highway from that night of racing, you might have thought in your mind, privately, maybe didn't even say to your wife Amy at the time, you know, that Kinzer does this really well. What did you respect about him? Well, you, I mean, like you said, you know... You know Wait a minute, you know Wait a he's going first again. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped you on the start. Oh. All right, you first. Uh, no, let, I'll, let, I'll, let I'll Sammy let, go ahead. He, I don't he, know how he, to handle it. Go you, know, <laughs> you know how to handle it? All right, no, go ahead. Take, go ahead. Take over my show. I forgot what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is, what did you respect about him? What did you think that you never would have told him back then that you, know, you, you might have respected about Sammy as a racer? Well, he's you know he, he was he was a damn good racer. I know that, but I, I don't know. I might just leave it right there. <laughs> <laughs> give, come on, give me something. Give us something here. Give Sammy and I something about his driving style or or something he did on the racetrack that you used to think. You know, if I'm going to beat him, I got to make sure I don't allow that to happen. 
Well, we, you know, we, we, me and Stanley bumped a lot of wheels over the years, but, uh, but we knew, I knew, you know, I knew how Sammy raced, he knew how I raced. We probably, we probably leaned on each other a little harder than, than we might have did any, anybody else, you know what I mean? But we, we was racing through a lot of traffic and stuff at times, so it's, it's what built the sport. No doubt about it. So, Sammy, how about for you? What did you think about when you thought of Steve? What did you respect about him as a driver? That he was too good. <laughs> Need to get rid of him. <laughs> Make it easy. That's, that's the only way. It was like, get him out of here. <laughs> no, it was funny. But it was, it was better, you know, because if you just go there, like, like it, when I ran at home the last few years, you know, I was winning like almost every race. You know, I had a car that I had, like my dad started that we built, and you know, like. He won the track championship for three years, and I won it for three years, and then I took off and started doing other things. But, you know, it's the same thing. When you start, people loved you, you know, and I won too much, so then they didn't like me. And, and uh, it's just that part of, you know, having somebody to push it. You know, it was like, well, I'm, I'm going over there, you know, Saturday night, probably going to win. You know, then it's like it was, it was a lot more, it was a lot harder uh, but but it was a bigger reward, you know, to have somebody there that 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 was hard to beat, you know, that we were like close to the same. So, um, you know, that's what that's what I was looking for when I was like, well, I got this part done. I want to go to the next step and the next step. And uh, he was the next step. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you guys banged a lot of wheels and pushed each other very hard. Did you? Force yourselves to a different level of how you would race because you had mutual respect for each other. I know I can race him hard. I know I can bump wheels with him, but I've got to do it this way. I can't do it that way. Or did that not play into it at all? Did you hold yourself at a higher level? Go ahead, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> you first. <laughs> uh, yeah, just it, it's just... You know, it's just—it's hard to really explain, I guess. But but it's um, uh, you know when you go up against somebody, you know, weekend and weekend, and and it's like, uh, well, I want to win. You know, he wants to win. It's uh, you know, he pushed it a little harder. I mean, it's like you know, he's leading. I got you know what about you know you just gotta like they got the the rabbit out there. There he goes. It's like I gotta run this dude down. Yeah. You know, so you're like sometimes you're taking a few more chances, you know, getting right on the edge. But it taught you know, the biggest thing it probably taught was to how to get right there at the edge without going over, you know, and because you you can't you can't beat somebody if you don't finish. But if you can say, well, I ran as hard as I could and I ran second, well, that's okay, you know. But it's like you know sometimes it's like I wanted to win too, and then sometimes that happened. But uh, it's. Uh, it, it, it made it a lot better. Yeah. What's remarkable is how far you guys are able to push that edge. Um, so for you, did you expect as much out of him as you expected out of yourself? Did you expect more out of yourself because you wanted the same out of him? How did that work for you? Well, I, you had you had to put you know like Sammy said, you had to put more out because if you wasn't, he was going to outrun you. You know what I mean? But then, we had other. There was other people. It wasn't just just us. You know, we there was a lot of good race cars out there. And, as the time went on with the World of Outlaws, but uh, you know, between me and Sammy and Doug, when we, when we first started doing it, we we you know probably won our share of it. But there was, was a lot of good people over the years that uh, was right in there with us. So, was there a, an understanding of what was okay between you two on the racetrack as to how you would deal with each other? I don't think we ever figured that one out. <laughs> no, nobody ever explained the rules to me. <laughs> Okay, so what were the rules after the race? Any? They never got terrible, terrible, but you know, it was it was always some it was always some heated stuff occasionally. Yeah. Colorful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both ways. Both ways. So to that. Good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, we all know you two had your fair share of scrapes. And you both held your own in it. 
What was the one thing you get, when you're going up to him and you know it's that moment on that night? This, uh, here we go again. I got to make sure I don't let him do what to me? Um, a right hook, grab you. What was, what was the, I got to block that move? Yeah, it was like, I, I was going to lose if I got under him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so in the tail of the tape, you would have had it, there's no doubt, right? If we're in Vegas, we're doing the tail of the tape, arm reach and all that, you had it. But he could hold his own. What would you have to watch out for him? Well, we never, we, never did, uh, we never did really get to a whole lot of blows or everything, but we did, you know, we wrestled around a little bit. And, you know, it's like Sammy said, I had, I had pretty good weight advantage on him. <laughs> That was the only time you're okay tipping the scales. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I don't, I don't know exactly know what you're asking there. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay a, being that a little. Was, that was a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> as as you look back on it, what was the one victory that you had over him that re you really stand? You know, you know what, man, that night I was, I was on my deal. I don't know. There's too many, you know. But <laughs> oh, you beat them that often. Well, it was, it was enough, you know. But, you know, you needed an answer the other way. It's like, what was it like when you got beat? You know, it's like. All right. Well, what I, was it like when you got beat? I wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> and neither one of us was. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's easier to ask that way. <laughs> okay. How about for you? What was the What was the best victory you remember having over him? What, you mean when he outrun me? Yeah. No, 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 when you outran him. Was there a victory that oh, he, the, where he finished second to oh, you? Oh, I don't, I don't know. You know, there's, Sam yeah, had a lot of good racetracks, and, and uh, I can't remember. There's a few that he could just, well, the devil's bully haunted me. The devil. devil took that place away from me. But, I mean, it would get slick once more, and I'd sneak in there and win a race once more. I'd say he was... Uh, uh, Probably got the best of me over the time I'm down there. Any regrets of racing each other? Anything you wish had changed? I mean, I, you know, stats and all that stuff is one thing, but I'm talking about like a particular night or a, a, a moment or you wish you could have done something differently? Yeah, but he able to do it for another 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> no? How about for you, Steve? Any particular regrets of racing with him? One you feel like... He got that maybe you gave to him, or oh, I'm sure there's a lot of them. It just, it just you know, it's hard to recall this stuff right back off the top of your head. It's uh, 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 there's a lot of races that uh, that I thought I had won and I ended up not winning them. You know, winning and Sammy took it. He was a big part of a lot of those races. You know, this um, this sport would not be where it is without those legendary battles between you two. There's just there's no way around that. Um, don't you folks agree? Um, and those are the ones on and off the track. Because what that did was it got all of us talking. Man, my guy got your guy. Or did you see what my guy did to your guy? Did you see what Steve and Sammy were doing together? And I can't wait to get to the next track or read about it in Speed Sport the following week as to what happened. And so because of that, these legions of fans are here because of you two uh, and everything you did uh, trying to beat the daylights out of each other on and off the racetrack. Um, has it sunk into you, the impact that the two of you have had, not just on your own careers to each other, but to all those folks out there? Um, yeah, I think it's huge. Um, don't know really how to say it, but you know, it's like uh, we, we brought a lot of people in and, and I guess the, the biggest thing is that the way I can see you know is like a lot of times people will bring me a picture or they'll bring me a like a little kid's shirt and they say that was my shirt you know like six foot tall and it's like damn I've been here a long time <laughs> yeah, we, we raised for grandpa fathers grandpas grandkids maybe a couple sets you know so it's uh, we went through quite a Quite a few race fans and families and stuff. 
There's a, there's a lot of Kinsers and Swindell dogs out there named different things. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if they ever had them. Yeah, the, of, I don't know if they had them in the same family or anything. <laughs> <but. laughs> there's a lot of tattoos out there too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's permanent. Yeah. <laughs> so as as you've now retired and and Sammy, you're still going. And by the way, here's a little staff for you tonight. If Sammy works his way out of the B feature and makes it into the A, it will be his 35th start in the Knoxville Nationals tying this guy. The only other driver close that's active is Terry McCarl with 22. That shows you uh, how, how strong both of these men are when it comes to that. How, how much longer does Sammy Swindell come and race here in Knoxville? I don't know. It's uh, uh, until I'm not having any, you know, or I'm not having fun driving. I mean, it's like uh, last night. I mean, I thought we were going to get in, but we had a little issue. But it's like I'm running around the top and uh, hit a groove there. And it, I said, this, this is cool. <laughs> you know, so it's like. Man, it's like it's like hitting that hole in one. I want to do that again. Yeah, Steve, you've been out of the car for a while now, and and I'm sure you watch and, and you see what Craig's doing and all that. And you probably think at times, I could still do that. Do you ever wish you could get back in? No, I when I, I, I when I made up my mind I was going to quit, I just made it up, and I mean, I, it come out, it come about real fast. Uh, you know, I I it's. You, know, you can't just keep racing forever, and uh, I might—I'd lost a lot of hearing and stuff, so I was trying to save what I had left over the years. And, uh, just this is a lot of different things. I was—I just sort of, uh, you know, I did so long and did so much travel. I did not, not, not since I started racing, but I even grew up around it. You know, I went to racetrack every weekend for my uh, for 60 years. <laughs> so at the time, you, you know, you get up in your 60s and stuff, it, no matter what. No matter what you think, you're not as sharp as you was when you're in your younger years. Your mind, your mind can tell you a lot of stuff, but your ability is just not quite as quick. And, yeah. And it, they didn't have. It seemed like the lights just kept getting worse on the track and different things like that. And my eyes got bad and stuff. So I, uh, I, you know, I just, uh, I was happy with my career. And like I said, I would, I'd do it all over again and stuff. But I just figured, uh, I just figured uh, I would uh, sort of watch some races and enjoy myself. We talk about the two of you being on the Mount Rushmore of sprint car racing, and there's no doubt in my mind these two belong there. Don't you agree? So that leaves, that leaves two spots open. As, as you sit up here right now and you look through the history books and the, and the men and ladies that are racing today, who would you put up there with you two? Well, I think we could, we could kick most of them off and they never would get there. <laughs> How about you, Steve? Oh, you know, you, you, I think that the, for the start of it, uh, I, I don't know if I want to say a whole lot. I've got a, there's a lot of great race drivers that probably be there, but uh, it, just, uh, it depends on what air you're talking about. I Me and Sammy went through a lot of different race driver airs and what, stuff. What decade? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hasn't it been great to have these two here? Mm -hmm. It has been a, uh, been a real treat, and I appreciate you both for coming. Sprint car racing would not be what it is today without Sammy Swindell and Steve Kenzer. Thank you. We'll be right back with more of the Ralph Shaheen Show from Knoxville, presented by Lucas Oil. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. We will be celebrating Speedsport's 85th anniversary this year. Incredible how time flies by. To help commemorate the occasion, we've unveiled the Vault Collection of merchandise. A really cool variety of t-shirts, hats, posters, 
and a lot more. It's all available right now in the store at speedsport.com. Shop for yourself or get a gift or two for your racing buddies. The Vault Collection of Merchandise, available now in the store at speedsport.com. Welcome back to the Ralph Shaheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil here at the Knoxville Nationals. And now, after talking to a couple of legends, we're going to talk to a pair of brothers who are in the process of building what could become legendary careers. How about a nice round of applause for Dominic and Giovanni Celsi. So these two youngsters, compared to the two guys that were just on here, right, <laughs> uh, are beginning the early stages of their racing careers, but having had quite a bit of success. Tom, let's start with you. Who was the first one that wanted into racing? Obviously, your dad was a legendary drag racer, Gary Selsey. Um, not surprising, he'd follow his footsteps, but who got the bright idea first? It was definitely me. I saw a sprint car race in Sedalia, Missouri, actually an outlaw show at about five years old, and I fell in love with the way they looked and the speed and uh, you know how they raced and you know Steve and Sammy they were both there and they were you know banging wheels as usual so um, I saw that at about five years old and I knew I wanted to race and for me it was immediate and all I wanted to do was race sprint cars for my brother um, he really didn't seem interested in it he, wait a minute do you always let him talk for you uh, yeah pretty much yeah. he's <laughs> okay. good at it all right, go ahead. I just I, I feel like he'll he might leave some stuff out but he actually <laughs> he really didn't want to do it at the beginning and uh, but once he did it he was as good as he's ever been. And, and so, Gio, why wasn't it drag racing that you guys followed? I mean, here's your dad, who's this big-time, four-time champion. And, uh, I mean, I know you guys had junior dragsters, but sprint cars ended up winning out. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with, with dirt racing is there's so many kids' classes, whether it's, you know, outlaw carts or micros or midgets or whatever it is to lead you into sprint car racing. I think the path was a little bit easier for being younger. You hear, you know, the older guys that race. I didn't start racing until you were 16 or 17 or 18 or whatever, and we started when we were four or five years old. So I think the path was just a little bit easier for, for dirt racing compared to drag racing. And drag racing, I mean, that, I didn't really want to do it. I mean, going 300, it's, it's pretty much a bomb on wheels. So there's not, you know, <laughs> as it explodes. You, as your dad and, has proven. Yes, many times. Yes. And, yeah, so that was a, it was a bit scary. I'd love to work on one, but I really would not want to drive one. To be honest with you, yeah. So since your dad's not here to defend himself, I know he's on the property, but I don't think he's out in the audience. Um, really, drag racers—it's not all that, right? You Compared know, to sprint car yeah, guys. I, I'll tell you what, drag racing's real cool, but sprint car racing's where it's at. I mean, <laughs> let's let's not joke about it. I mean, sprint car racing <laughs> is, in my opinion, the hardest form of motorsport there is, and uh, the most exciting. And you know, them drag racers—they all got to be crazy. You got to have something wrong with them to want to go 330 miles an hour that quick. So, like Geo said, I mean, they're they're sitting around a bomb. I, I don't—I wouldn't want to do that for fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your dad was on my show uh, recently. He was the second guest. We have a long family relationship and go way back. And I asked him about the two of you. And here's what he had to say about you. You might have heard this before. He said. Dom can talk to a tree for 30 minutes before he realizes the tree isn't going to answer him. That sounds about right. Most of the time I'm talking to myself anyway. I'm walking around. I, I don't even know people around me. Does that sound about That's, fair? Uh, yeah, he's not lying. <laughs> you just see him We, we can't walk 10 feet. Hey, how are you doing? It's funny. We were driving in today. Every single person, give her the old wave. No idea who they are, everybody. Wave, wave, wave. Every single person. This like, one. Yeah, just why? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I envy you because you are very friendly, so I, I guess she maybe should learn from that. Well, here's what he had to say about you. Uh -oh. He said, Gio doesn't say much, but when he does, you better listen. I'd say that's accurate, I think. <laughs> yeah? That, that sounds like, to me, a guy who's a deep thinker really is thinking it out before he just blurts it out, unlike... What's his name over here? <laughs> well, yeah, I think him and my dad are pretty similar. I try to be like my mom, more kind of reserved, you know. Okay. So. Is that pretty fair that assessment? That is 100% correct. Every time he, he uh, I think he talks to me more than anyone else, but whenever he is talking, he's got something pretty valuable he's saying because uh, he, he's very, uh, uh, very methodical in what he has to say, and, and he thinks about what he's going to say and do before he does it. So uh, if he's talking, you probably ought to listen. You couldn't hear it last night because you were busy racing your way into the A main event here tonight. Uh, Gio was up in Tony Stewart's suite where we were standing there watching, and those last couple of restarts you had to work your way through, he was talking you all the way around, go here, go there. Do you guys do that a lot for each other on, you know, off the racetrack 
talking about setups and all that? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's probably been the biggest help of anybody in my career. He, when, I, when I have issues, I can talk to him, and he can really talk me through what my issues are. Uh, he crew chief for me in Australia when I felt like I probably wasn't ready to go to Australia and race in someone's car I'd never met. And he was like, hey, we'll be fine. And we go over there, and we were really fast and really good. And I, I've said from then on, if you would just come be my crew chief and quit the race and stuff, I, maybe, maybe I'd be pretty good too. You know, he's, he, he's very, very good at what he does. How are you with that? I mean, we saw how you were doing that out there last night. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's funny, like, you don't really understand, you know, anybody else on the racetrack, I could, I could honestly care less, whoever it is. But, you know, when I see him on the racetrack, you, like, I get more nervous than when I race, to be honest with you. Like, you want him to do good, and when he's not good, I'm more upset when I struggle. So I think it's a pretty pretty close relationship we have together. And being on, you know, most time opposite ends of the of the state and sometimes the country, I think, you know, like I said, he said we talk every day, m- multiple times a day. Sometimes it's just telling, hey, you know, what are you doing? Call him at work on his work phone so he doesn't know it's me, so he answers. I can't even so. work because he's calling me. He's calling me all the time. <laughs> I, I get a phone call on my, on my work phone. And, hey, how's it going? You buying steel? It's like... What are you doing, man? Don't you work on the car or anything? <laughs> so, yeah. La- last year, you were the winner of the Speed Sport Challenge, and that got you into the main event here at the Knoxville Nationals. Talk a little bit about how significant that was in your career, getting you your first start. And i got to just do that. There we go. Perfect. Um, for me, it was, it was the biggest moment of my life. Uh, winning that race was something that I will absolutely never forget. Uh, hearing the people on the front straightaway, the back straightaway, um, and then go into the press room, and I come back, and people are waiting there to, to see the, the five of us that had all made it through. And, and for me winning, I, I, I mean, I, it's the most special moment I've ever had in my life. And um, I, I remember every face that I saw, and I remember every high five that I gave, and every beer that I stole. And, and I just, <laughs> I, I truly, honestly, I still wake up now, and, and I think about that, like, wow, we won at Knoxville, we won the World Challenge, and, uh, you know, we, we locked in the show. So that, to me, was something beyond special and last night locking in it it brought back a lot of those memories and um it was very very special to me but i don't know if anything could ever top that first one and you got a ring to and i have a beautiful ring i'd I'd wear it around here but uh you know how the partying gets here i I didn't want to didn't want to have it lose it or uh or you know dot anyone's eye with it so i was trying to (laughs) try to stay out of trouble marketing for me because you had dotted and i'd have said speech right there (laughs) right right exactly okay (laughs) tonight what are we looking at a little windy, a little cloudy. How's this track going to shape up? It's been, it's been good all week, honestly. I think last night was probably one of the best racetracks we've had. Um, I, I think this place, when the bottom really slows down and gets really slick, I think uh, it gets a lot more technical. And when you miss the bottom, you see guys get passed by four, five, six cars. So I think, um, like I said, whenever the place gets slick and wide and, and you can throw big slide jobs like it was last night, I mean, it was a, it was a fight for the fourth position almost the whole race. You know, him getting slid by Sammy or, or uh, you know, Austin there at the end, whoever it was, I think uh, this place always creates good racing no matter what. And in reality, I think they do such a good job on the racetrack. It's, uh, it's unique in its own way because the track is pretty much always perfect there's always a bottom a middle a top you know you, you can always move around there's never man and knoxville was terrible this weekend i think it's always always good and that's why this place is so special size it up for me dom how's it going to race tonight what do you think what do you, you know, going to do to win well i think to win you're going to have to be good around the bottom and i think that's the key to win here at any point in time if you can't roll the bottom it seems like uh nine out of ten times you're, you're not going to get it done you're going to have to at least make a couple laps down there so in my opinion you got to be able to be good around the bottom i think what it's going to be similar to last night um, I noticed with the way the cushion built up off of two, we were almost to the wall. Uh, I think that's going to be something to watch because when you are following guys off a of turn two and it is that close to the wall, it, the racetrack actually sort of flattens off because you have that gate there. So um, that's sort of an element that I think um, maybe you can't see. You probably see it in the stands as, oh, that guy's kind of hanging off a of two. But actually, the racetrack flattens off and it's at a, at a really wide point of the racetrack. So um, in my opinion, you're going to have to be straight off the cushion if you're running the top and you're going to have to... Uh, and you're going to have to be able to roll the bottom because, in my opinion, if you're in Knoxville, you got to hit the bottom. I let your dad say pick on you two a little bit. It wouldn't only be fair before we close this out with this and let you go get ready for the racing tonight to sh- take a shot back at old fork time there. So tell me a story about your dad. Oh, God. I don't even know where to start. Honestly. I got one. Okay. How about you tell him about the time with the uh, rental car? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, where were we? Or in Andy. Andy. Andy, yeah. He was doing TV. <laughs> U.S. Nationals? Yeah, U.S. Nationals. He was doing TV for the first time, and I was with Prox hanging out, and <clears throat> it was the end of the day, so I got to go in the booth and hang out with him, and he had like a, a, a I think it was a gray like Ford Focus or something, and we walk out in this little parking lot. There's probably 20 cars. He's like, here, get the car. So I'm hitting the button, hit the button, walking all up and down like, dude, I don't know and where the car is. He's like, give me the keys. It's right here. And we get in like a gray Toyota or something. I was like, dude, this is not the right car. 
<laughs> and he drove it from the airport to the racetrack. Cause I guess I'm like, this is not the right car. So we start going through stuff. There's a like, keys on the key ring. There's a you know briefcase in the back seat. <laughs> like, how did you not notice that this was not your car? So we get back to we were having uh, lunch with Dave Reef at Shula's, and we're having we're going down. And my dad's like, I gotta drop this thing off. So we get in, bail out of it, leave the keys <laughs> in it. So they and they're like, oh my god, this thing showed up. So there's this humongous dude out there just chewing the rental guys, but just he's screaming at him. We're just watching from the window, like, hey, yeah, that's pretty funny, isn't it? <laughs> So it shows you how much he pays attention to things. So. <laughs> oh, All right, you get man. one final shot. Uh, well, I don't know if I was around for it or not, but I've heard it so many times, I feel like I was there. Um, when he was drag racing, we always had a motorhome, and we lived in the motorhome. And, um, you know, uh, Professor Gary, he's got a tip book for everything, every way to do it. He has the best way, the most <laughs> trendy way. Well, he was, uh, he was dumping the pooper, and, and he knew exactly how to do it. And uh, he hooks the hose up, and he's getting all ready to go, and he, uh, he pulls the latch, and it blows the hose off. And the poop and the blue hits him right in the chest, and it's all over him. So he, I, I don't know if he came in the motorhome or, or, or what he did, but he, he, I know he had to, uh, you know, with the windshield wipers, kind of wipe <laughs> the stuff off him, and he looked like he was on the Blue Man group. So... Um, <laughs> Honestly, with my dad, it just creates stories. Like, like last every year, day is every a day's story, a story. Yeah. <laughs> he got pulled over last year in a matter of 20 minutes from Knoxville. I mean, it, you just, twice. It, twice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, he's, honestly, he's a character. He needs a TV show. He reminds he, Him and John Force have to be related somewhere along the lines because they're <laughs> one and the same. It's, it's so funny to be around him. Well, these two, even though they're related, as you can see, two very different personalities, great young men, great representatives of where sprint car racing is headed. Giovanni and Dominic Selzy racing here tonight in Knoxville. We'll be Thank right back. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate it. The Thank Ralph Sheen Show presented by Lucas Hoyle. Stay with us. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Hey race fans, it's Ralph Shaheen, and like you, I have a huge passion for racing. With the most in-depth features on racers, series, and events, no one covers racing better than America's original motorsports publication, Speedsport. Get your subscription to Speedsport Magazine today at Speedsport.com. Welcome back to the Ralph Shaheen Show in Knoxville. You folks having a good time here at the Nationals? Our show, of course, brought to you by Lucas Oil. Track proven race ready. You can find the Lucas Oil retailer at lucasoil.com. You know, of course, we're very proud at Speedsport of our 85-year history of that brand. But we're also extremely proud of the legendary Sprint Car and Midget. You go to sprintcarmidget.com, start your subscription to this wonderful magazine today, and stay in tune with everything that is happening in the world of Sprint Car Midget Racing, not just with the magazine, but at sprintcarmidget.com. And then our hot laps. You just go to sprintcarmidget.com and sign up. It comes out twice a week, tells you everything you need to know about what is happening in the world of Sprint Car Midget Racing. Doug Ald is the man that started Sprint Car Midget Racing. He continues to be the editor of this wonderful publication, the best in covering this form of racing. And Brady Bacon, legendary racer, big time winner here just a few days ago, and is also a contributor to Sprint Car and Midget. I cover everything? I think you did. Yeah, I think you did. I mean, you left out the part where he passed 24 cars to win the other day. Yeah, so how he did about that. that? Hey, anybody out there at Oskaloosa for the ultimate challenge to watch him take the challenge and come from 24th to 1st? Yeah, that was a fun <laughs> night we had. I kind of talked to Casey Schumann before that about, you know, is there going to be, because last year they had one, but it was with the series, and I asked him, is there going to be a challenge? Because we didn't know if we were going to race or not. And he, they got some sponsors kind of put together and, uh, you know, made it kind of worth it to go to the back. Because even if we didn't win, we still would have got some money. But we had a really good car in our uh, half flat half mile uh, in Iowa program is pretty good with a non-wing sprint car and we're able to get there pretty quick and get the win so that was fun and uh, good for the fans and uh, you know you don't get to do stuff like that very often 
Well, we wanted to have you two on the show here today, uh, not just to talk about Sprint Car Midget, but to talk about who could win here tonight. Nobody analyzes this form of racing better than you two. So size up the field for me, Doug. Oh, I always hate to do this because then somebody's going to be mad. But I, I own it, so you got to do oh. it. All right. Well, obviously, Brad Sweet, David Gravel. What about Donnie? I mean, that's the question mark. There's a couple things. Donnie's got a new crew chief this year, so that's going to be a transition. Nothing in scuba. This is tough. I mean, how many years with Ricky Warner? But coming into Eldora in particular, Donnie was Donnie again. And, and let's keep in mind, we're talking about a year where he's got seven wins. He's in contention for the championship. This reminds me of the year that Steve Kinzer came back from, uh, from NASCAR. And they said, oh, what a terrible year. He only had five wins and won the World of Outlaws championship. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, Donnie, we're used to seeing 20 plus wins. I saw him coming into Eldora. He's Donnie again. If he's got fire tonight, he could be there. I mean, he's done it from the B. Yeah. Brady, you're going to be racing tonight out of the C, I believe it is. Yeah. Hopefully into the A and contending for the win here tonight. Assess the racetrack. How's it been this week? Uh, it started off probably a little too heavy maybe on Wednesday night and it's gotten slicker and wider um, throughout the week. Last night it was really slick. Um, up, you know, and then got to the cushion there late, and it was getting big in spots and getting technical. You saw guys in three and four, you know, if they messed up, it was big. Um, so I imagine it, there's not quite as much racing tonight, but uh, the wind's blowing a little bit. It'll probably be, uh, you know, I think it'll be pretty slick again. I think it's better racing. I think they're trying to, to get that. They don't want it to be too heavy because um, it gets too heavy in the first 20 laps of the feature, kind of, you know, just riding around so yeah uh, i think it'll be i think it'll be good and uh there uh, yeah there's i think there's definitely more cars with a chance to win this knoxville nationals than there has been in the last 10 or 15 years we saw brady uh david gravel last night the other night looking so strong brad sweet looks very good um do you see anybody who looks outstanding to you or maybe somebody who looks a little off their game this week uh well reitzel's looked really good his heat race was very impressive um but you have to be that good on multiple, you know, track conditions. But I think he's had a really good year, really been getting better every year, you know, not just here, but everywhere he's racing. So I think he, uh, you know, could contend for, for staying up there and battling with those guys. But, yeah, pretty much Gravel, Sweet, and Donnie. Uh, you can't really count Donnie out. He's going to figure it out. He knows what he wants here. He knows the feel, and they're just going to kind of creep up on it. And, you know, you could surprise you and be leading in no time tonight. We're very proud of the fact that Speedsport is turning 85 years old this year, but Doug, Sprint Car and Midget has a pretty interesting uh, achievement milestone coming real soon. You were telling me about just well, the other day. Well, we just did. This was our 210th issue. This one. Yes, this one right here. So we're about to ship 211. You know, personal goal, I was the editor of, of Open Wheel, which we came in, and the goal was to take Open Wheel and take it to the next step. Open Wheel shipped 209 issues. This was our 210th. So as a personal goal, this is just, you know, to come all these years and then have the ability to come in with these guys at Turn 3 Media and be sister publication with Speedsport and just take this to the next level. We've hit our 210th issue. we outdone Open Wheel by one. So, man, this is cool. Yeah, and coming up soon on 20 years, right? A couple years down? Or a couple of years. We're there. We're, we're come, this is the end of our 18th. Remember, Open Wheel was uh, had two issues the first year and yeah, three yeah. or four. And then, but we've been monthly every single month since we started. And, of course, our first issue that kicked this thing off was Sammy Swindell on the cover. So we got to thank Sammy for that, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, Brady, you're, you're strapped into the cockpit. Take all of us there. You're coming to the green flag C feature tonight as we're getting ready to go. What are we thinking about? So then when we're all watching, we go, I know exactly what Brady's thinking right now. Uh, the most important, the first corner is the most important because it can either make or break your whole race. And I don't race as much wing cars as some of these guys, so it's, I really have to concentrate and try to make good decisions, and I don't all the time. Um, but it's just getting a clean lane, you know, trying to find a clean lane. If the guy in front of you goes to the top and there's not a hole on the bottom, sometimes you just have to go where not necessarily there's grip but just to get your car down because if you have to lift or get behind somebody you could you know most of the crashes here happen on the first lap going into one and two so you obviously don't want that to happen but yeah finding clean air is important that's why you never see someone follow someone in the corner here because the the wings and the tires and everything right now it just doesn't like it so you got to find a clean clean lane and guys with really good cars can kind of peel off and slide up or peel off and, and pull down so 
it's hard to get a good balance. We actually had my buddy Brad Tweet kind of came and helped us tune it up a little bit last night, and then we went from uh, 14th to 3rd, 13th to 4th in the uh, the B feature. So having a little guidance uh, from someone that does it every week and you know four or five times a week, it really helps. All right, starting in the C main tonight, Brady Bacon and the man who has led Sprint Car Midget to the greatness that it has, Mr. Doug All. Have a nice round of applause for these two. Experts in the field. We'll be right back with our final guest on the Ralph Sheen Show, presented by Luke Soil, after this. As your power steering pump ages, seal leaks may occur, causing the power steering system to lose fluid. Your power steering system may also develop an annoying squeal, and the steering may become more difficult to handle. By using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you will stop the seal leaks, reduce slack in rack and pinion, eliminate the squeals and hard spots in your power steering system. It is guaranteed to stop seal leaks for your money back. Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. It works. Hey, Sprint Car fans, it's Ralph Shaheen, and like you, I love Sprint Car Racing. For the best coverage of Sprint Cars, Midgets, and more, there's no better way to keep up on our favorite sport than having a subscription to Sprint Car and Midget Magazine. Don't miss out. Sign up now at SprintCarAndMidget.com. All right, welcome back to the Ralph Shaheen Show here at the Knoxville oh, National. And Daniel Sausage no, Show. you don't know. The Ralph Shaheen <laughs> Show presented by Lucas Oil. You know, Speed Sport has been in existence since 1934 and has been America's Motorsports Authority. Get your subscription to Speed Sport Magazine today at speedsport.com. This is our 85th anniversary issue. You can pick up one of these collectible items today for just five bucks here at the Knoxville Nationals. Make sure you check out speedsport.com and get the daily when you go there it's free you can sign up it comes into your email every day 10 a.m eastern tell you everything about who won and who lost in the world of racing this guy won here danny lasoski more than any other driver in the history of the knoxville raceway dude you also racked up four knoxville nationals too Unbelievable. It uh, is. Trust me, we all thought that. <laughs> unbelievable. I, I think you uh, you called about three of those, didn't you? Yeah, three of them I did. Yeah. And I think I, I mistake me, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, oh, but I wrong. think you said, that's my little buddy and I'm glad he won, so you got to admit that, the first one. So anyway, <laughs> no, you know, you and I become such good friends, and, and that goes all the way back to the Slick 50 yes. series out in Manzanita. How many of you remember the Slick 50 series, right? That was a great... How many were there? Did anybody actually attend them? There you go. That was a lot of fun. We would do 10 races over the winter, mm -hmm. starting around Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and being done right after New Year's, I think it was. And, mm -hmm. uh, of course, Steve and Sammy, who were up here earlier, they were a big part of that. And we did that on TNN Live on Saturday nights. And that's where so many names became household names. Yourself being mm -hmm. one of those. Mm -hmm. Guy Forbrook, who mm -hmm. was your mechanic back mm -hmm. then, was another one. Um, what was it about the Slick 50 series that, you know, not just winning, but what did it do for your career? Oh, it just, it just you know, catapulted it because this is really the first time that we were on live TV. And everyone back here in the Midwest was freezing cold and got to watch us in sunny Arizona race. And it was a win-win for everyone. Best story you remember out of the Slick 50 deal that you can tell oh, this boy. audience. This oh, audience. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I can't. You know I can't. There was a bunch of them. Because not only was the racing really good, the aftermath, of when, because all of us had a little unit, and we'd go uh, to a, a drinking establishment afterwards and have a really good Bobby time. Bobby McGee's, it was a race. Yeah, it, was, it was a good time. <laughs> but everyone had a, a great time, and it, it got a bond and a camaraderie from everybody, and I think it just catapulted the rest of our career. That's all you got? That's, I'm not telling anymore. <laughs> We were talking about uh, Steve and Sammy and what they went through to get their racing career going and uh, what, you know, what their dads had done and all that. You built bullets. Yeah. I, I started uh, – actually, I started building combines first. And, and combines. It, and I was on the midnight shift and wondering how in the heck am I ever going to race if i got to work from midnight till 7. And then I got a job building bullets for the Army. And I just happened to have a very good boss that loved racing. And on Friday uh, about noon – 
for some reason I got to leave and uh, he would clock me out at three. I would go race Friday, Saturday, Sunday and not get back to race. I raced in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on Sunday. Wouldn't get back till about nine in the morning. He clocked me in, but I would work all week long my lunch hours to make up for the time. So that's how it started out up and down the road. That's amazing. And then here you are, the winningest driver in the history of Knoxville in four nationals victories here. Um, what you did those nationals wins by running that bottom. That was something you really mastered. What's the technique to that? <laughs> well, when you run here weekly, there's a, when I started, there was guys like Randy Smith, Rocky Hodges, uh, a bunch of just the names go on, and all they would do is pound the top, pound the top. And, well, back in the day, if you didn't have the, the horsepower to keep up with them, you had to do something different. Well, I got onto a little system that my dad taught me. He, he actually taught me in the shop. He put two water balloons under my feet, and I sat there in the seat, and he said, move, let me see you move these water balloons without breaking them. So I got, that's where I got to be able to use the throttle and the brake. He said, you've got to be able to run the bottom. You've got to be able to use the brake pedal so you don't spin. And that's how I got taught to do it. And George is still here working with your nephew, Brian Brown. In fact, he'll be down there uh, keeping an eye on him Absolutely. tonight. Absolutely. Still, he's in my shop every day and in, in a part of our team with Mason Daniel Racing. He works there every single day. You've won this event four times. As you size up the field for tonight's uh, 59th running of the Nationals, what do you see? What do you think? Who should we keep an eye on from your view? Um, it's hard to count out uh, Brad Sweet. Uh, David Gravel looks really good. Um, you never can count out Donnie Schatz. Gio Selzy. But I'm telling you, you guys better pay attention to 21 because he's going to be on a mission. That, of course, would be Brian Brown. Now, that is that just coming because you're his uncle, or do you see something there tonight? Because let's be honest, it's been a rough week for Brownie. It has been a rough week, but he is. Uh, I talked to him again today, and he's positive attitude. And if you've got, if you guys have watched him this year here, it's it's been pretty phenomenal. He's been really dominant, and he's got a good hot rod. And uh, just pay attention because if he gets in the A, he's going to be somebody to watch in 50 laps. You went through something interesting here too with all those wins that you had. That first one that you talked about, this place was electric that night because it was basically, for all intents and purposes, a hometown guy winning, if you will, because you had made this your weekly place for so many years. And then people started saying, like they did with Steve, anybody but Danny kind of thing. Yeah. Um, how, how does Donnie Schatz is living through that now in a lot of ways? It, and Donnie and I have talked about that. How does that affect you as a racer? It, it really does, you know, because you think that you're the hometown guy and you want to do everything right and you want, you want to have the fan base. But sometimes people get tired of you winning. We don't get tired of winning, but sometimes they want to see somebody else win. But as long as you're yelling, either good or bad, it, uh, that's just making the sport greater, I think. With Knoxville having grown into what it's become, could you have ever imagined it would get to where it is today with all these fans here? No way. Guys, I started coming here in 1984, and it, this is, you know, first of all, unbelievable. And I'm just glad I'm kind of the adopted hometown boy here. I'm not going to let you get away without telling one funny story. Here we go. About the Slick 50 <laughs> Where's era. Gary Sells yet? Well, we've already <laughs> picked on Sells a little bit. Gary was out there quite a bit during all that time. Um, but there was an incident, I guess I'm going to poke fun at myself, right? Because if you can't laugh at yourself, right? I agree. Okay. There was an incident. We were out shooting a feature. We always tried to find something to do with the drivers to kind of take the helmet off and show you who these guys were. Because obviously everybody knew Steve and Sammy, but guys like Danny were more regional at the time. And we went to a paintball <laughs> place. And... I'll let you pick up the story from that. I don't remember it. You yeah, you're no, come I on. Do, I do not remember you, it. I swear to God, I don't remember it. Absolutely remembers <laughs> this. So we're, we're shooting this piece, and it's indoors in this paintball facility. And uh, I'm, you know, running around, hiding, trying to shoot Steve or Jeff Swindell or whoever was out there. And all of a sudden, I take a shot. And, I mean, it dropped me right on the inside of my thigh, pretty far up. <laughs> and as I reeled and I hit the ground, I thought, there's no way. And I look up, and across the room is Forbrook in his wheelchair <laughs> with this one behind him, and they're scurrying off, and the two of them just laughing. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I mean, he's a dead eye. <laughs> yeah, apparently. That was... Uh... That was the same uh, weekend out there that uh, we rode all the way out to Arizona together. And if any one of you guys know Guy Forbrook, he has a tendency to run his jib bunch. And he was sitting in the back, and I, it was just he and I. We were driving out there. 
and he was he was talking and talking, and I had enough. As soon as we pull into Arizona, it's you know you know it's 90 degrees, and we pull into our hotel lot. He gets out, we get him in the wheelchair. He always stuck his all of his hundred dollar bills under his seat, and he says, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And I come wheeling around the. The gate of the pool was open, and I just shelved him. I said, you're going to sink or swim. <laughs> and his chair went to the bottom, and his money went everywhere, and he, he'll never forget that either. Then he just got over to the side. So that whole trip, I kept planning that, and that's when we got it. Ladies and gentlemen, the fourth-time Knoxville Nationals winner, Daniel Lissowski. Did you have a good time here with the Ralph Shaheen Show live from the Nationals? Thank you all for coming out. Enjoy Knoxville. Enjoy Speedsport's 85th anniversary, and thank you for all the support you've given us at Speedsport over the years. Ralph Shaheen Show is presented by Lucas Oil. Thanks for coming out tonight.